0: growth lies in the uncomfortable because you've never been there before. You've never been that version of yourself at that level. It pushes you to be a different version of yourself, hopefully a better version of yourself. You see what you're made of and you grow your confidence. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Hey there, welcome back to Online Marketing Made Easy. Thanks for tuning in to hang out with me this week. It means more to me than you know. My mission is to use this podcast to help as many entrepreneurs as possible, so I'd be grateful if you would share it. So if you have a friend who's starting their entrepreneurial journey or they're deep in it and they could use a little advice, strategies, mindset shifts, I'm your girl. So grab this episode or the podcast, and I'd be so grateful if you shared it with a friend. So today I'm sharing a topic that I really, to be brutally honest, am not a big fan of, (laughs) and that is the topic of networking. So this year has been a very different year than normal, and that's because I launched a book. And with the launch of my book, I was incredibly committed to doing everything I could to get that book out into the world and into the right hands. So because of that, this year has been what I call my year of yes. There's a book out there that I highly recommend by Shonda Rhimes called The Year of Yes. Definitely grab it. So my year of yes was all about needing to say yes more than I was comfortable with. So I said yes to more networking events. I said yes to over a hundred plus interviews. I said yes to speaking opportunities where I got on a plane, flew to a venue, got on stage, talked in real life to people. Like what a concept, right? I said yes to many, many peer masterminds. I was in so many rooms with different people this year. I said yes to traveling, like I mentioned, to all these different opportunities. So I wasn't just sitting behind my computer speaking or doing interviews. I was physically putting myself in different cities, bigger rooms, on stages, in front of several people that I didn't know, which is a much more intense undertaking, especially because if you've been with me for a while, you know that I am an introvert to my core. Recently, I took this little survey. Am I an extroverted introvert? I think is what it was called. Like, are you that? And I took it and I was 100% that. And one of the things at the end was most people would think you're an extrovert. And I'm like, yep, that is true. Most people would think I am. But if you know me or you've been around me, you probably could guess I'm not. So it was hard to say the least. I found myself on a plane much more than I wanted to be this year, missing Hobie, missing Scout, mustering up confidence to put myself out there, expending a lot of energy to show up as my best self. And there were times, and I'm not going to lie, when I was driving to the airport yet again, and I could feel feel the tears welling up in my eyes. I was just missing Hobie like crazy. I teased that Hobie was a book widow this year because of how little time we had together. It really started in October of 2022 and it went through March of 2023. So that was like the most intense time. And that chunk of time was the craziest, busiest time for the book launch. So I felt very vulnerable. For those of you who haven't launched a book yet, or for those of you who have, you'll get this, putting a book out there and asking for a million favors and doing the interviews and all of that, it's very vulnerable. You feel very exposed. And look, I'm not sitting here like, poor me. I got to launch a book this year. Like I understand the coolness of that. I'm just telling you the truth. Every Tuesday, I come on here and I wanna take you behind the scenes and share with you how I feel. This is just how I feel. Good, bad, ugly, wrong, or right. These were all the things that came up for me. And there were lots of tears during this time. And I don't like to admit that, but I have many of my girlfriends who launched books this year and they had the exact same experience, which made me feel a little more normal. But I knew that all of this was necessary. Like I needed my year of yes, because I was tying these efforts back to a larger goal. And so that's why I wanted to make this quick episode, because For you, I bet you've got some big goals leading up into this new year. And I thought I would share a few things that I've learned along the way, like my pieces of advice, if you are going to have a year yes. And here's the thing. You don't need to have a year of yes. You might have a year of no. You get on that no train and you say no more than you say yes. And that protects you. It gives you boundaries. It allows you to focus on just a few things and going deep. I'm all about the no train. I actually pretty much live on that no train. But in 2023, I had to get off the no train and step into my year of yes. So here are some pieces of advice I've learned along the way. My biggest piece of advice is before you embark on a big networking or PR push or just your year of yes, whatever that means to you, before you do that, make sure that number one, you are tying all these efforts to a larger, very clear goal. And number two, you're clear on how bad you want it. So I asked myself how badly I wanted my book to succeed. I asked myself, what do you want this book to do? How many do you want to sell? Do you want to be a New York Times bestseller? And at what level? Like, how bad do you want it? Getting my book to succeed was truly my number one priority. I knew that if I could get this book into the hands of as many people as possible, I could do what I set out to do, which was help people create freedom on their terms. That's what I want. At the end of the day, I don't do this because I'm obsessed with teaching. I don't do this because I'm obsessed with digital courses. I don't do this because I love to teach people how to grow an email list. I enjoy it, but that's not why I do all of it. I do all of this because I want to help people create freedom on their terms, whatever that looks like for them. And I knew that my book is one of the biggest first giant steps you can take. Leave behind your nine-to-five job and start something. So I wanted that bad. I wanted that book to get into as many hands as possible so I could help them with the freedom. And because I was very clear of that, it was easy to say yes to things that made me very uncomfortable. I don't want you to miss the message in what I just said. It was easy for me to say yes to things that made my skin crawl. Getting on stage is not easy for me. Getting on planes and leaving Hobie, I am such a homebody. I don't want to do it. But it was easy for me to say yes and do it because I was very clear why I was doing it. And I say it was easy to make the decision, but it wasn't easy to carry it out. I still struggled crying to the airport, wondering if I'm doing the right things. Is all of this worth it? Is it going to work? Like all of that came up for me. But doing it, it was just a yes. I didn't even think about it. You want me to speak on stage? Yes. You want me to do that interview? Yes. You want me to put myself in a situation I've never been in and I literally want to crawl under the table? Absolutely. Where do I sign up? That's how easy it was for me because I was clear on what I wanted and what I was going after. So all that to say, was my year of yes worth it? 100%. Not just because the book became a New York Times bestseller or like sold thousands and thousands of copies. That was all amazing. But I will tell you this, if we're gonna get like selfish about why we do what we do, I am a better entrepreneur, I'm a better business owner, I'm a better marketer for going through my year of yes because I put myself out there in ways I normally never would and nor do I intend to do next year. In 2024, you won't see as much of me as you saw in 2023. That's by design. But was it worth it in 2023? Absolutely. freaking lutely Now, let's look at the flip side. What if the book wasn't as successful as it ended up being, and I still spent all that time, money, and energy on traveling to these networking events? Would I still say it was all worth it because I grew from the experience? Would I say that? Yes, but I have to be honest with you, it would take a moment to get there, and that's okay. I say my book was successful on my terms. I set goals for how many units I wanted to sell. I set goals for where I wanted to be interviewed. I set goals for hitting Wall Street Journal, New York Times, all of that. I set all those goals. And let's say I hit some of them, but not all of them. Or actually, I did. I set goals to be on the Today Show or Good Morning America. That didn't happen. So I set goals. And for the most part, I hit most of them. But what if I didn't? What if I didn't have a New York Times bestselling book? Would all of this be worth it? I'd have to take a beat and feel disappointed for a moment. I'd have to take a beat and say, wow, that was a lot of time, energy, money, focus. And I didn't really get to the point of where I wanted to get to. Like if I wanted to sell a certain amount of books and I didn't hit it, I would take a beat. But then I have no doubt in my mind. And I've really thought about this before I recorded it for you. I have no doubt in my mind. That it would absolutely still be worth it. Because the personal growth, the confidence that I found along the way, and the fact that my book still got out into the world. And I believe that what is meant for me will find me. So if my book was meant to hit these specific people, it will. And so I would still say, even if my book wasn't as successful this year, I'd still say the personal growth. And the good that the book did do for the people that found it, still totally worth it. But I'd have to take a beat to feel disappointed. And that's okay. Because when I think about all the growth that happened, I had to think fast on my toes. I remember Ed Milet, dear friend of mine. I love him so much. If you don't listen to his podcast, it's a must listen. He interviewed me and there's just this one question. Now I can't even remember what it was, but I did not have an answer for it. And I wanted to just show up so well on his podcast. It was is one of the podcasts that I wanted to land so bad. His podcast, one, I love him. Two, his podcast Moves Books because his audience is so loyal to what Ed recommends. And so he asked me a question. Can't remember what it was now, but I did not know the answer. And I had a blank look after the interview. He's like, when you looked at me, I was like, oh, no, she doesn't know what she's going to say. And then I, I took a beat and then I, boom, I found my answer. And so I became better at thinking off the cuff, rolling with it, not being perfect and polished, which is something that I work on. So all of that was really good for me. I also had to trust myself that, I would figure it out. I might not have all the answers, I'd figure it out. I mean, I've never launched a book before. I did not know how to do it. So what I did is I took everything I knew from launching courses and I turned that into launching a book. Like I used my course launch strategy to launch a book, which reminds me, any of you that are in Digital Course Academy, whether it's years past or this current class, So much of what I teach you in modules four, five, and six are how to launch, how to launch a course, how to launch a book, how to launch a membership, how to launch a coaching program. You can use it to launch just about anything online. So anybody who's in Digital Course Academy or if you plan to join me next year, just know I will teach you how to launch. It's a big part of the program. And so I used my launching model to launch a book and it worked. I also learned how to deal with rejection. I've talked a lot about this, so I won't harp on this on this podcast, but I asked a lot of favors and I asked favors of people that I absolutely thought were going to say yes because I felt like I've supported them and they didn't promote my book and I was deeply hurt by it, but I'm still alive. I'm still here. I can get my feelings hurt. I can feel disappointed and still thrive. And I learned that I'm more resilient than I thought I was. So all of that made me just a better entrepreneur, a better marketer, a better leader. And it reminded me that I do have tenacity. I can move forward. And that's really important lesson in our entrepreneurial journey. So I guess to sum it up, I learned what I was made of. And that is kind of a really big, important lesson, right? But I wouldn't have if I didn't get uncomfortable did you hear me? You got to get uncomfortable. So I was willing to get uncomfortable. And I also knew why I was doing all of this. I got clear on what I wanted and what I was going after. And here's the big kicker. If you're multitasking, come back to me. I want you to hear this part. I also knew I was only going to do this for a season. I mean, essentially I told you October to March. That was my season. After March, I was able to settle down. I still traveled a lot this year because I did a lot of networking beyond the book, but I definitely was getting out of the season come end of March. So that's another thing. When you're gonna do something big, remind yourself, this is just a season. This is not forever. I don't want to do what I did this year. I would not wanna do that forever. Even if it meant I'd make $100 million, it's just not worth it. But it is worth it for a season. So you might be wondering, Amy, did it also benefit your business? Did you see growth in your business? Sure, I've got this great successful book, but did it help with your business? And the short answer is hell yeah it did. Which was such a nice surprise because I I didn't know if my book would translate into growing my business as well. One of the biggest results is that I grew my email list exponentially. So we made a big big intentional focus this year to Focus on the health of my email list and the growth. We've done that. I also saw it right away when we opened up a boot camp for my list building course. So, in February and March of every year, I do a boot camp to help people grow their email list. And we had way more people in that boot camp than I expected. That was from the book. And then all of that kind of manifested its way into Digital Course Academy, and we had our biggest launch of my entire career. Also, I just gained a lot of new followers on social media because I was physically interacting with new communities. I met some new affiliates that actually came on during Digital Course Academy, and I met them during my book launch. And through unique mastermind opportunities, I found myself talking and interacting to people that I normally would never have access to. So all of that was from me saying yes and getting uncomfortable. Oh, one more thing all of this ended up contributing to our bottom line. So in 2023, we're going to have our biggest year ever. And I talk about this in episode 638, which is coming up soon. So episode 638, watch for it soon. It's coming up. And I talk about how we had our biggest year yet. So we have a lot of new people, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, and that came about partly, I mean, I have a team that helps me immensely, but partly it came about because I was willing to get uncomfortable and say yes and get into a season that was not my norm, but I felt like it was worth it. So I mentioned my personal growth that resulted from networking and also on the business side, but I really want to touch on one last thing because I think since the pandemic, we've all become so accustomed to working from home behind the scenes. But one thing throughout this experience that I was reminded of is that you can't discount the power of being in person with people. It's impossible to duplicate the same energy, chemistry, conversations when you get in the room. And because I was physically present in so many of these situations in 2023, I was able to make new friends and solidify relationships with peers that I normally don't do. Like I saw Jasmine Starr, one of my dear friends who I've been friends with for years and years and years, I saw her more this year than I ever have. And I feel closer to her because of that. We made an effort to show up in the same rooms multiple times this year, and that makes our relationship stronger. So I ended up actually creating opportunities and connecting with people in person We did weekend girl getaways. I did different masterminds. I put a few of them together myself. And so that really changed relationships for me as well. And I think my point here is that I pushed myself to do that. I stepped away from my comfort zone and I created opportunities and I said yes to opportunities for networking. And like I said, I won't do as much next year, but I'm not gonna lose this. I am going to... I have to say, kind of force myself to come out from behind the computer. And when I do, I'm always happy I did, but it's not something that comes natural to me. But now that I've learned how powerful it can be, you can bet, I will say yes more than I say no to those opportunities moving forward. So I do think that's going to make a big deal in my future. So growth lies in the uncomfortable because you've never been there before. You've never been that version of yourself at that level. but you start to see what you're made of when you get uncomfortable because you have to show up and you don't want to stay there so you got to do your very best and it does create a different version of yourself i feel different so all of this to say that growth lies in the uncomfortable because you've never been there before you've never been that version of yourself at that level it pushes you to be a different version of yourself hopefully a better version of yourself you see what you're made of and you grow your confidence So I think that's why all of this was so important for me to share. If you want to be a better, bigger version of yourself, you've got to get uncomfortable. All right, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this shorty episode and found value in it. And again, Year of Yes, it's a book by Shonda Rhimes, highly recommend it. Go get that book if you need a little motivation for your year of yes. And again, this might not be your year of yes, and that's okay as well. I love a year of no as well. But for me, the year of yes was 2023 and I wanted to share that with you. All right, thanks for hanging out with me and please do share this with somebody that you think would find value in it, especially someone that's going for big things in their business and life. I love you to the moon and back. Can't wait to talk to you again. Same time, same place. I'll talk to you soon. My friend, did you know that HubSpot launched an AI chatbot that helps you streamline building campaigns at scale with just a few prompts? Hallelujah. I'm not even kidding. It's called Campaign Assistant. And it's a totally free to use AI tool made for marketers and business leaders who spend hours a day on content creation. That's us, right? My team has definitely been using this feature and I hope you're gonna check it out as well. Campaign Assistant will transform the way you build marketing campaigns at scale. Craft personalized emails, ads, and landing pages in a matter of minutes. Just pick the content type add your key selling points, and let AI support you in generating ideas for content. Now, you know that I deeply believe that AI is our assistant and not the creator, right? And using this is a great way to get those creative juices flowing so that you can create your most effective campaigns without starting from scratch. Seriously, campaign assistant is the key to unlocking writer's block so you can scale faster. And this tool is free to use right now. So work smarter, not harder at HubSpot.com slash campaign dash assistant.